Hey, welcome to Shunya One, episode 39. And today we are talking to Ranjit Walunj, who's going to tell us about how it was uh, being a Linux guy before Y2K, starting out early, uh, going into digital advertising, the early days, and of course, building uh, one of the largest global services technology yeah, companies. Yeah, no, really interesting stuff. Also, I mean, like, I thought it was really cool how he was talking about, like, the kinds of things that he built for the ad agencies early yeah, on. Yeah, and how much was... tech. Uh, so a lot of tech in the background, I yeah. mean, to what we take for granted yeah, around us. absolutely. So, but before that, Amit, what's happening with folks on a Slack? Well, uh, so I have an idea of what we should start talking about on people's Slack things, right? So I was thinking that let's start talking, uh, let's start telling people about the people who are introducing themselves on the Slack channel. Yes. Uh, so, okay, so this week we had a bunch of people join. Uh, Ketan joined, a guy named Ketan Pandit joined. Uh, he is the head of the brand and marketing team at Audius Analytics. They make insurance-specific analytics products, and uh, he also runs a small stock photography company called Camkaj. Uh, both companies are based in Bombay, and if you want to talk to Ketan, join our Slack channel. Awesome. And I think we have a large number of customer people joining on Slack. I so. think so. Yeah. Cool. Let's jump into the show. All right, today we have Ranjit Walunj, the CTO at B2X Global here with me. Ranjit, I know you for many years. Of course, you've had a career spanning over 18 uh, and you've worn many hats in the time I've known you. Uh, but before I talk about all the other formal roles uh, that you've had over the years, why don't you tell us how it all started and your very first interesting uh, gig while you were still in college. Uh, this has been teased a little bit. I'm quite very, very interested in like understanding what this is. Oh, so nothing so fancy about it. Just that I was doing my engineering um, between 96 to 2000. And some of, like, as you know, that most of the engineering students are broke for various habits what they carry along with them. College students. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Just because I wasn't engineering doesn't mean I wasn't broke in college too. <laughs> True. So, um, some of my habits were pretty expensive habits. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Shilu, you know about them, obviously. <laughs> so, to carry out that kind of lifestyle during the engineering uh, college, I picked up Linux as a hobby. And then I started doing some of the part-time jobs around Linux. Uh, Unix Linux, it was kind of a... Bitcoin of those days, <laughs> so, uh, hype stuff. Uh, I really fall into love with uh, Linux later on, and then uh, I started uh, helping my engineering uh, classmates to set up Linux machines in their house. Um, during that period, I made few friends. There was one guy, Mithul. He used to run a company called as Entrex, and he said that I have got a customer, and he he needs to send mass mails to his customers. Would you be able to help him? I said I wouldn't mind helping. Right. Then I got into the agreement. Um, I was getting paid four hundred and fifty dollars a month. Uh, for maintaining his servers in 99. Okay. That was quite a sizable money for yeah. a third year engineering graduate. Of course. Um, wow, man. Yeah, now I exactly. feel poor as an engineering <laughs> grad myself. I was paying, what, thousand bucks for a project or something. Let's talk about your poverty separately, Shilu. <laughs> Please continue. Okay. So, uh, I started looking at that task and pretty on the first day I figured out 
that uh, person or the customer I got into contract with has 78 servers. Now, it was a dream for an engineering graduate to maintain and manage 78 servers. And then I saw that what kind of software he's running. He, I saw that he was running RoboMail, one of the most preferred software right. for spamming, uh, sending mass mails. It was not yet called as spamming in India. Mm -hmm. So, it was mass mailing exercises. And obviously, it was 99, so you know about dot-com boom was about right. to happen at that time. So, I started shooting out the mails. I made uh, little scripts, Perl scripts to ensure that all the setup and everything, maintenance becomes uh, very easy. It was not called as DevOps those days. It was called as more from a system administration view. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, later on, after I worked on that uh, particular customer till 2000 end almost. So, almost 18 months. Okay. I made decent money. And after that, that person got arrested by FBI for spamming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, he, he didn't name where the servers were hosted in Romania. He didn't name which way the system administrators working for him. And all that. So, <laughs> so, you got but, off the hook. Yeah. Oh, wait, so, this was a guy arrested in 99 for spamming. So, this he was got, really he, egregious stuff, he, right? He, he got arrested in 2000 and then 2000, 2001 right. almost. But I stopped my assignment uh, in 2000 after my... <laughs> no, but it must have been really, really like... Uh, I mean, like to get arrested... <laughs> That at that point in time for spam means that you it were was, one of the first. It was, no, no, it was also the like the really really scammy spam, right? It wasn't e the uh, it wasn't like you know uh, become uh, you know it wasn't Viagra sales. It, e was e like, wasn't Viagra sale. it, it was, was Nigerian it, prince. It was Nigerian prince. No, it was not even Nigerian prince. I'll tell you it what it was. <laughs> it was more from a perspective of building up small websites. Showing the poverty in India, Africa and other regions or the street fights in other regions and then ensuring or then pushing spams to push the donations to these people, which wow. this the recipient was always somebody who, who you know of, okay. but then... Uh, um, money never used to reach. So right, it's right, right. more kind of so a it was donate. It was, it, fraud. Was, it was technically it was fraud. fraud yeah. It was fraud. It was straight up fraud. Because that's the only thing back then you would get arrested for. You're not getting arrested just for sending email. Now you can get arrested just uh, he, for sending I email. I think he got arrested for something else altogether. But he came back after six or seven years, somewhere around 2006, 2007. He came back like a cent. He posted Mahatma Gandhi's photograph on his uh, <laughs> profile and I said, oh, good, this is nice. He's a reform man. Yeah, he's a reform, let's say. <laughs> amazing. Wow, that so, is a start, yeah, man. That is an amazing start yeah. to see reality of business up front. Yeah. So, but amazing. So, great. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> but obviously, since then, you were a... Linux sysadmin, like you said, working uh, for more credible people. Yeah, and, no, uh, sure. you had a—I mean, you got into all sorts of stuff. Tell us about your early years and the stuff you've seen all the way till now. Yeah, so I uh, during the same period, third year of engineering and fourth year of engineering, I started working for a friend. Uh, he was running a web hosting company. There were only three large web hosting companies at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, one was Bhavin Turakias, uh, Direct who I. runs Direct, Direct I right I. now. The other one was Bhavin Chandrana and India Links. Yeah, India Links. And the third one was Ninad Gupta NTT India, Interpol. Okay. So was, okay, sorry, never mind. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to remember. There was one other, right? There was something with a two in the middle. Or it's not a four, a four, a net for India. Net for India. Net for India came in uh, uh, more from an IDC perspective okay. and not from the only way hosting. These are the guys who. Okay. Used to, okay. 
so the uh, bhavin the two bhavins and nenath they they okay. were friends together but they were running their separate companies and um, uh they were running they were having their own servers they were uh, selling the web space i still remember something like that 5 mb web space was sold <laughs> around 2500 rupees wow by most of the web hosting providers bhavin started selling it at 750 rupees or 1000 rupees so i i still remember those days when bhavin used to go on uh, kinetic and uh, get customers in the nariman point but yeah. those were the days and what he has built in now is remarkable as right. like i am a fan of bhavin turak you can yeah, say that yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, that's one part and uh, so when i was working for this uh, nenath and uh, i was ma- managing his servers he was uh, doing work from msb aditya birla and other customers and i was maintaining the servers managing the servers for security for uh, audits as well as for building small programs so typical devops role at that time right. and then he got merged with a company uh, which was later on acquired by euro rcg which was advertising agency okay. so the company was euro rcg sogo and uh, there we had a portal called as film tv india okay um that portal so my first assignment with that portal was uh, to build a recommendation program like which movies you would like to see at what point of time so something like what you see on netflix right now i was yeah. trying to build using my machine learning and ai in 2000 i was like it was not called ai or ml back then was it it, it was called as uh, machine learning yeah, uh, pure play machine learning ai was always there but then it was not so coined word for the vcs yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. i know those days were the dot com boom days so right. everybody was talking about y2k when right. i graduated in 2000 mm. 19 and 2000 so Y2K was just out because 99 December uh, 31st December 99 Y2K people figured out that there wasn't anything like Y2K so okay <laughs> move, move on move on so something new so i started building on this uh, film tv india's recommendation engine we we built it pretty successfully at that moment we had philips as one of the banner who was paying exorbitantly high amount for running a 728 by 90 banner on our home page at that time i i so i was still a young guy i was uh, uh, probably i was the only techie in that company and uh, rest all were the marketers brilliant marketers they could sell this off at a very great price then um, uh, i was working there till 2002 then the same company got absorbed in uh, mediaturf so i was kind of acqui hired into mediaturf so Aditya Birla customers websites and everything we were doing and then that got uh, automatically transferred to Mediatof and then I was uh, moved to Mediatof Mediatof was one of the digital advertising monopoly between 2000 to 2006 uh, if you look at it that other advertising digital pure play digital advertising mm-hmm. uh, companies came little later like 2004 Or 2003, 2004. So times. when you say pure play digital advertising, I mean now everything is digital. So I'm trying were, to actually I, remember what this was. If I remember correctly, they were like the uh, they were an early network, right? Uh, you could so, ad network. Yeah. So ad networks were there, but then uh, it, they were technically not called as adver- ad networks. These were digital or uh, online advertising agencies. So okay. uh, Media to Win was the mm-hmm. later on formed. As an ex- it was formed in the during the same period, but Media Turf was always the largest uh, uh, market share. You can call it as more or less uh, monopoly during that period. Mm-hmm. 
So Ramani Iyer was the CEO of uh, MediaTuff, and Ishan Raina from EuroRSG Sogo was chairman of MediaTuff as well. And then obviously you had other advertising agencies. The Pinstorm started somewhere a little bit later, more focused towards the search engine uh, mm, part. Search ads. Huh. Yeah, and uh, so those those were the days. So when whoever has worked between 2000 to 2006 uh, in that period <coughs> in MediaTuff. uh during the initial days so they all are either heading another agencies right now or at working at a global position or apac position somewhere else so okay. you can understand the kind of impact mediatof was having at that time on digital nice. advertising so they were the initial uh, the pioneers of the space in india yeah so i got a chance to work with them so it was uh, and great team obviously young people so you get to learn lot of things and one of the most interesting thing which happens in advertising or uh, digital advertising you will ask me that you've done a computer science you are a computer science graduate and what are you doing in advertising and yeah. all this kind yeah. of stuff and i looked at the prospects and i saw that uh, so no the uh, bef- before that so as a like uh, most of the computer graduates at my age were trying to either go to us to do ms mm-hmm. or get into some of the large companies like and the tcs, TCS infosys in, infosys more patni was there right so those kind of companies and uh, start their career on that front so i thought that i will not get into the rut of uh, corporate job at that point and i would say that i'll like to learn something new i like to work on something which is more interesting so that filmography which i right. spoke about was pretty interesting which was machine learning so i said let me try so advertising when i uh, met these guys they said that we have various customers who are looking at different kind of solutions which will change uh, the way consumers interact okay so it was a good story and they said that you will be building solutions for them so i said yeah makes sense right. there were like three four guys who were already there so we started building some of the solutions like say a basic lead management system so if you are doing a marketing campaign uh, you will generate lead management uh, leads and those leads need to be handled by the fulfillment uh, team right. what sales force is what sales force is doing right, currently right, right now yeah. so i started building those lead management solutions for uh, customers so some of the initial customers were prudential icici icici home loans and those type of so citibank came up with a campaign called as suvidha uh in 2003 and 2004 i guess so that uh, that time um, so the reason most of the customers uh, large customers come uh, to advertising agencies uh, for technical solutions is usually no uh nothing against the uh, local or uh, internal technical team but usually the internal technical teams of large corporations usually come up with uh, ridiculous deadlines and costs associated with right. it right so uh, but the customer always has some priorities about the marketing campaign if a internal tech team says that i will need 8 months to build a solution a simple lead management system and customer has a campaign which needs to go live in say 15 days it doesn't work for a customer right. so right. the customers uh, asked us that uh, would you be able to do it so citibank was this so i said yeah and he asked how much time will you take i said two days and then he was like oh this is like as <laughs> like unheard of <laughs> from my it team so and uh, when citibank had the companies like polaris uh, uh, sibyl uh, sibyl consultants were hired and they had crisil and polaris 
in their arm as in like they were the investors of these yeah. large IT companies and when they came to us we said that yeah wow this is good as in like people are trusting in you so yeah. so then i built and also ad like you mentioned like ad companies rarely say no and they so, we yeah. never so no no you never so, say no to money so yeah. we never say no to customers yeah. <laughs> that's money. money is incidental that's money that's money so so we we built that suvidha and then it went live suvidha campaign was a huge success internally for uh, citibank uh, so much so that they onboarded another 19 products on the same platform with us so including rupee checking account including personal loan home loans wow. and um after a month working on all these products onboarding them onto our lead management system i was being called as lms ranjit in city bank so okay. people who worked in city bank during that period still know me by the name lms ranjit wow <laughs> so uh, what is the difference between uh, the kind of lms system and like a more traditional crm system so i would say crm lms system will uh, end at the time when the uh, lead gets converted lead gets converted into a customer okay and the traditional crm systems will, will manage the customer lead. as well yeah manage the customer start there. Yeah. they'll start there now they start uh, they start with lead management now so it's I now think it is high. now it is like that yeah. so now it is like uh, so if you look at salesforce right. it will you will look at it as like end to end solution now Correct. salesforce is trying to get into multiple other uh, the systems multiple other uh, scenarios where i would still look at that salesforce is trying to become an erp of the future uh, that's maybe. what it, it feels yeah. so, like to me at this point salesforce yeah. so that's how yeah that's how uh, the growth will happen so at that point we were doing something which was more uh, of a front where um, our customers needed a marketing campaign right. there will be leads which will be generated and it was a time when that 2002 2004 right. was a time when people were looking at more uh, not only the display advertising but something which can be converted and which can be shown as an roi right. so if i'm spending say x amount of money on the advertising campaign and i'm getting so many leads it is specifically uh, converted into like the per lead i have spent uh, so, so much, much money, so much yeah. money correct, right so uh, that accountability was brought in by the digital advertising right. because otherwise if, today also if you are doing lot of advertising on television and other medias you will not be able to know how effectively that campaign oh, is yeah, running there's that great quote by david ogalvi right uh, i love uh, that you have to spend your money on mar- I, i know that half of our marketing works i just don't know which half of it is <laughs> yeah. yeah so but, but we definitely know that it works <laughs> yeah. <as> like, no. <laughs> that's how it still actually yeah. started to become more yeah so uh, it was bringing in more so with the advent of computer systems analytics it was bringing some sort of a madness to the Uh, justification of the spending what the advertising campaigns has uh, were doing and right. later on it has now got into a absolutely uh, kind of a now it's become, nitpicking yeah, it's now like it's very, now it's very it's very numerical now yeah and thankfully i'm not part of that industry anymore <laughs> yes <laughs> in fact you made a interesting change i think uh, like while you were building consumer solutions uh, for your uh, you know advertising customers i think you soon realized that there's a whole different Uh, no, angle to B2B. I I wouldn't say that it not not so soon. As in like um, uh, 2006, we quit from MediaTurf. I was one of the founding employee for Interactive Avenues, uh, which is currently the largest uh, digital advertising agency in India. Right. So um, 
Interactive Avenues was formed in 2006. We were again doing the similar marketing solutions for our customers using, say, something like ICICI, Reliance, and um, Godrej, uh, those type of customers. Uh, 2008, uh, I as a like Ratish uh, was my CEO, uh, and he moved out, and he said that let's. Uh, start a company under the umbrella of interactive avenues as well uh, but then let's uh, build an ad network so that was always the plan so building mm-hmm. an ad network was always the plan and that's why uh, sequoia was also invested in interact- interactive avenues at that point of time mm-hmm. so using those funds using that um, uh, direction we started building our ad network uh, in 2007 while i was part of interactive avenues and mm-hmm. 2008 we launched that as ad magnet Right. So it was something like what you see Comely's. Uh, right. So Comely Ad Magnet were technically competition at that point, and uh, I was building uh, Ad Magnet. So I was the technical guy. Um, I was managing a team, and then we grew that team. Yeah. So we were a small team of technical seven guys, but we built that entire product. Uh, we used something called as OpenX. We built it up on it, and uh, that that was our internal technology. Wow. 2008 till 2011 we built various modules behavioral targeting and those kind of aspects what you see right now we were building them and we were using them so clear trip uh, when you search something like say mumbai to delhi it starts showing you uh, return flight tickets from delhi to bombay or hotels in delhi so or if you have been doing this kind of searches pretty often it will know that what kind of plan you have been following and then you will uh, see the ads relevant ads so nice. basically behavioral targeting so that's what we were doing in between 2008 to 2011 nice and somewhere down the line i thought uh, this time uh, is coming up for this industry and probably i need to figure out something else in between 2004 to 2007 i did my uh, management as in like my part time management from wellingcus so i made a uh, few good friends from other industries as in like some of the friends like like ha bhai apun kuch chalu karenge apna khud ka something so yeah. that kind of a dream so and, and like that was always the reason i started getting into uh, mba school as in like uh, so one of my question or rather personal question when i was uh, giving gd and pi was that why you want to do uh, mba because you are already doing uh, so those uh, kind of activities which will be doing even if you graduate from the mba school in 2004 so that person asked me that uh, panel asked me why you want to do mba i told them that guys somewhere down the line maybe 5 years 6 years or 10 years down the line i want to start my own company right. and i don't want a fresh mba graduate uh, come and throw some uh, jargon at me and then uh, um, and then i am looking at him at a blank face right. without understanding what that jargon means and i thought that i should be knowing this jargon and that's the reason i am here so so the people, the interviewer asked me a very interesting question saying that the jargons can be read uh, through the books and through the newspapers right. why do you want to do a course 3 years course where you want to do something like spend every evening in the college and learn something i said agar uh, books padh ke kuch ho sakta tha to log mars pe bhi pahunch jate the books padh ke right. rocket bana yeah, ke apne yeah. aap so yeah. i want to still do a formal education and that's why i did it made this uh, great friend srivatsa so he was working for tata that time he was heading the service department of tata then he moved to nokia he was heading nokia service uh, i while i was doing my advertising and 2010 he formed a company tss and he said that 
dude now is the time i have started so we've decided that we wanted to start something right. together come join i said wait i have to still finish the uh, assignments which i have uh, <laughs> taken up in my hand and which i have the promises which i have done to my advertising uh, colleagues i have been working with the same advertising colleagues for almost 10 years between right. 2000 to 2010 right. so when he started asking i said wait for a year and then i joined in 2011 him it was uh, a service company which okay. we we both uh, or rather uh, there were four of us and we thought that service is a industry which is pretty haphazard there are no processes in fact there are processes but the processes are not backed up by technology right. so if we can bring in the te- technology and uh, we can bring in the rigor of uh, accountability we can bring in the we can remove the frauds from the industry and we can have a very definite predictable uh, experience for the end consumer every single time he is coming for the service uh, of his devices correct and we thought that we will form a company around this premise uh, ensuring that the technology is a uh, uh, driver and uh, all processes are run through the technology and uh, so technology is enabler it's right. not uh, not something which is only technology company so we built a service organization which was driven by technology and processes so between 2011 to 2014 we were building this and then the, we were in talks with couple of companies they started looking at us uh, as a differentiator in uh, service industry so one of the company was jee's uh, arm okay. so that company was trying to Uh, pick us up and um, there were uh, so uh, there were two other companies which were trying to uh, acquire us but then we saw synergy in uh, one german company b2x uh, global right. so uh, b2x gmbh so it was headquartered in munich and they came and they saw us what we are doing they also needed inroads in india um, we we were already serving customers like apple we were serving uh, motorola and we were serving digicare the ones which are doing uh, motherboard repairs for intel and then so apple obviously is a brand name so we were running our own service centers we were using our own technology and looking at our technology apple suggested that you why don't you give the similar kind of uh, uh, processes or similar kind of technologies for our other service centers right. like maple um mm. and other guys correct, correct correct and then we we deployed our uh, uh, software for them as well so it was a workflow management system you can say crm right. which is managing the end to end process flow right. service flow right. within the organization so b2x um, acquired us in 2014 and that's how i came on their board and then i then i was ct of india the tss india okay. i moved into the role of ct of b2x global and then i've been working there for so long and we are building you can say in b2x we are building erp for the service industry yeah, yeah. Wow. same thing wow so i think there's a lot more which i want to actually ask you about why the background for b2b and why b2x has grown to what it has been uh but we we'll take a quick break and come back So welcome back and uh, while we were listening to that story about how B2X obviously found you guys I actually want to ask you before even that happened what made you choose uh, like you said you know this service industry which was a uh, very underserved I mean it's a very B2B solution right it's it's like 
uh, you're talking to customers and treating customers, but only at the back of large companies like Apple and so on, who used to give you contracts. And at the same time, there was India is a huge country full of opportunities of B2B, all kinds of businesses. And we've known people who have made large businesses on the back of uh, B2B, but you chose services, B2B. I mean, you chose a very niche area, I would say. What what really made you choose that? And I know now, I mean, your co-founder uh, even then has now gone on to start uh, Servify. Okay. Right? So, so, and he's still within that same industry. And of course, now you're still leading B2X and its expansion here in all these markets. Uh, what's so special about this industry? Is it something aligned with the whole rise of mobile phones? Is it... You know, so what what made what was that insight which showed you where this is going to be big? So uh, I would say that we always knew that the electronic devices like mobile phones, like when uh, Apple came up with iPhone, and then later on the entire movement around the smartphones was pretty uh, pretty quick, mm-hmm. and uh, even the other devices like laptops and e- even your household appliances are smart now these days. So everything is IoT. If mm-hmm. you look at it, uh, right. anything which is connectable to internet. So we would say that we could see that uh, uh, we obviously didn't see it so far in future, but we could see that uh, smartphones, uh, other devices need some sort of a uh, solution or the service industry needs some sort of a solution, technological solution, which can work uh, in ensuring the customer delight uh, at the end so if you give him the predictable service to the end consumer the consumer will always be happy and he'll come back to you regularly right. uh, not for the service only but also for the other uh, uh, cross-sell and upsell opportunities so Apple was one of the com- first company which could spot this very easily and uh, if you remember that uh, there were uh, even initial days when Apple was like so if you have any problem in the phone your phone will get replaced on the spot Right. so those kind of uh, aspects were actually consumer delight aspects and we could see that there is a huge potential in this industry. I wouldn't uh, say that there was a like B2B or B2C conscious decision from our side uh, but we would say that we saw just saw the opportunity that there is an industry which is not uh, running with the technology oriented processes mm-hmm. and we can bring the technological processes and we can bring so uh, rest of the three partners from my uh, company were from the service industry mm-hmm. so they obviously knew service industry very well right. and they also saw the need of pro- having st- uh, standard processes and then I brought in the technology and we all worked together to build a solution build a company around uh, around this manifesto you can say and because I remember I mean when you guys probably started out and there were phones we all had phones not smartphones maybe but uh, if something went wrong with it, you would have to basically go to some Hirabanna or, <laughs> or some guy in some the, small the, shop yeah. and back room. He used to take your phone in the back room and do something and come back and, you know, fix it. So, Or you had the alternative Nokia experience, which was horrendous. I remember I spent, I, I remember once I spent like four and a half hours at uh, Phoenix uh, on the first floor trying to get one of my phones fixed uh, from Nokia. Four and a half hours. Yeah, so there was basically, it was a black box. Like, I don't know what's happening with my phone. It's just someone is hopefully fixing it. 
So, so correct. So we thought that that is the opportunity where we can bring in the transparency, speed of operations. Right. Now, say right now we are doing doing some campaigns for, uh, we doing some servicing for some of the uh, some of our large customers where we go to the. Houses of uh, customers fix the phone over there mm-hmm. um, and then uh, fix the phone over there and there itself. Otherwise, if it is not fixable, we pick it up, we bring it to our own service centers, fix it and again send it back. Or we even offer pickup and drops uh, facilities. And so all these advents are been over the period of time when we realize that these are the things where which will bring customer consumer happiness. Right, basically. Right. And so our motto was to ensure that our customer's customer is always happy. Right. So that's yeah. how we thought that we can build company around it. Yep. Wow. Nice. And I'm sure it's only going to grow bigger and bigger. But yep. What are your thoughts on uh, where the whole, uh, I mean, now that you've, so you've seen consumer markets from, I would say, uh, you know, a backseat. You've been looking at how this market has been growing. Smartphones have been growing. Uh, you were, a, you're still a coder yourself. Uh, you've never wanted to jump into this whole app game or jump into this, uh, you know, all sorts of new new age tech, which is happening. People are building things on so many types of technologies, blockchain or crypto for that matter. Yeah. What's what's your take? I know you're a stock market guy. You're <laughs> you're a machine learning AI kind of guy. So so what's what's next? What's your outlook on the stock market is always a passion, as in like I remember that when we saw the news about Harshad Mehta in ninety nine in one of the newspapers, I said, Boss Apniko ye wala banne ka hai. <laughs> So was a big amount. At that time, I still remember that newspaper in front of me. I said, boss, this guy has done something. (laughs) So that was still a dream. During during 99, as I was helping this uh, uh, spammer as well as one of my, that friend who was doing advertising. So one of a customer I got was uh, into stock markets. Uh, He wanted to bring uh, the neat and bolt uh, terminals, the uh, nifty and BSE terminals to online. So he wanted to create an online terminal in 99 because he thought that it makes sense. Right. Uh, so he said that uh, he he told to my then friend saying that please come and do the system study and mm-hmm. give me a plan about how we can go about it. And then I said, okay, fine. That's what my friend said that obviously you go and you do the study for next two, three months. Mm-hmm. So I went and during the same time, the Ketan Parikh scam was going on. So that was a learning experience. So not only Gujarati I picked up over there, but I also <laughs> learned the uh, trade of stock trading. <laughs> wow. And um, I said, Ki, this, uh, so I have also made few friends and Satish is another friend. Someday you can meet him. Uh, we used to always say that if a middle class person has to make legal money in this country, hmm. the only avenue uh, at that point which we could think of was stock market. Yes. As like uh, Other than running your own uh, company, yeah. your own startup. So startups were not so fancy at that time. So we thought that the only way we can make money is through stock market. So obviously we were not earning much money. Except my those $450 every month. <laughs> so... <laughs> But I had habits, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I started investing and I said this, let, uh, so I don't call it as investment because uh, 
I still say investors are nothing but traders, but with a long-term horizon. So, right. if a trader is trading for a particular stock for say twenty years, he's still a trader, but yeah. you will call him as an investor. Right. So, I have picked up some stocks at that time, and I realized that yes, this uh, with India story, with with the right investments, with the right companies, you can make money. I was not understanding much of the financial aspects of company. I was not understanding much of the technical aspects of the charts. I said, let me go and just observe around. Mm-hmm. So if you have your eyes, ear, and mind open, you can figure out that okay, if an air conditioner is from so and so company, if Patanjali products are selling out in the market, and if Patanjali is uh, listed, I can go ahead and buy Patanjali because that's a logical thing. It's gonna stay there, right. and that the same principle I applied over the last seventeen, eighteen years, and I started investing, I started trading, I picked up technical trading charts as hobby, and then I said that it makes sense uh, to apply some sort of science to this movement. Mm-hmm. of prices so i started applying my machine learning and data science background to this problem stock market problem and i wanted to get that kick that if you are predicting something that is working out so to work on that kick i started building my own small algorithms okay and i said ki okay now let me apply these algorithms on the price movement and see mm. whether the price movement can match to what i'm predicting right it might be pure play luck it might be really the algorithm is working but <laughs> i used to start getting like 60 to 70% of the accuracy in that and that is something which is which is good because if you are if you just look at 60% trades if you are uh, in positive 40% trades which are in negative that means 20% of the time you are always in profit yeah exactly yeah. yeah so then then i said this makes sense so let me try to <laughs> apply this mathematical model to the stock movements and try to do something around it so uh, recently i have built uh, a small um, tool module for myself and like i have uh, kept a very small amount as a, like absolutely negligible amount just to see the theorem or the mathematics what i am saying is working i have kept it on auto I've connected to the zero the APIs and it's doing the trades on its own. Okay. Wow, nice. Touch so, wood that so far it's doing good. So you so have a bot. <laughs> I, have a, I have a bot which trades. So technically you it's call a, this as algorithmic trading. Yeah. Right. It's a trading bot. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so very lots of cool stuff uh, coming down the pipe but since you mentioned that you're into the stock market, right? So what do you think about all the other new age trading uh, in crypto and things that are happening nowadays or your thoughts on blockchain i'm sure that's still a for me i mean it's still a technology which can make sense i mean the so, crypto market may not but yeah, so uh, i i've done some of the sessions with uh, other financial institutes i can't name they wanted to know how blockchain can help them uh, mm-hmm. uh, in building the solutions so very large companies in germany where i've taken these sessions most of the uh, companies have a notion that blockchain is equal to cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. that's uh, so i have explained them not, that yeah. which is which is not uh, true blockchain can be used in various other industries including agricultural including uh, in your government projects like say uid and other part so blockchain brilliant stuff it will stay there for another uh, few years but uh, i 
don't think uh, we should go like super gungo about that. It's just a uh, common sense based technologies which can be deployed in a particular way. <laughs> so like say, as we say that every decade or every four or five years, we have some new words, new coins, which we uh, we toss yeah. so that the VCs get uh, excited <laughs> and they start putting in money. Like say Web 2.0 was one point of time, was a standard. Then uh, you had uh, big data, then you had AI. So if you Crowd. have these words on your pod, PowerPoint slides, your valuation from 5 million straight away goes to 25 million. <laughs> <laughs> so blockchain-based uh, industry, if you're, if you're building a solution using blockchain, probably you can put that on your PowerPoint slide. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, that's pretty much what yeah, it is. I call uh, Bitcoin uh, or the crypto, I personally have not done much. Except one small trade which I did between $833 to $1,035 and I said, <laughs> I didn't anticipate what is that instrument is. So I will still call it as Miss Bus. There are many Miss Buses in our lives. So. <laughs> nice. You awesome. Resisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, well, Miss Buses are Miss Buses. Let's not go. <laughs> there, is, there, is, there is always an next bus there. So we don't. <laughs> And we both are doing good. <laughs> nice, nice. Let's let's hope so. So, well, great. I think. Uh, I mean, thanks so much for telling us about what you've been up to, and of course, uh, what do you think of? You've been an early DevOps, and you've been an early sysadmin sort of a ori- origins person. Uh, today, there is. It's so much easier to sort of get started, right? To, today, when you want to start building a tech company, what's what's your take on uh, the new age of? Uh, the the devs who are starting up, who are the young kids who are starting up today. Uh, what do you recommend? Like everyone focus on as a technologist because we talk about tech here on the show. So, what's what's the biggest? Uh, what do you think gives the biggest learning from a within the stack of people of what people can build today? Because I know everyone wants to start doing iOS. Everyone wants to start doing Android. Everyone wants to, you know, just jump into the consumer layer, front layer. So, so I would still call that all these are just the tools. So probably we have the right set of problems which we have to apply to. So technology is immaterial. So you can use whatever technology you want to use. Mm-hmm. But if you're building a true solution, which is bringing value to the end consumer, bolo, yeah, B2B, bolo, whichever mm. way, a business problem, if it is solving, then it makes more sense. So uh, rather than just running behind the technologies or some buzzwords, uh, it doesn't make sense. But if you ask me very honestly, for the next five to 10 years, if somebody wants to build a career in uh, Technology, uh, I would say data science is one field which is going to stay there for at least 5 to 10 years. Right. Because the sheer amounts of data. Sheer amount of huge data which we are uh, gathering, which we are generating. So let's say when when I, when I said about, um, uh, when I spoke about IoT, so all the devices which are internet enabled will be sending a lot of data for um, uh, processing. Now this data can be used by the manufacturers to build better products can be used by the service companies like us, what we are building is preventive and predictive maintenance for the end consumers. So whichever technology in the backend you use, 
is immaterial if you are really building a business solution so right. i would say that um, yeah having understanding of latest technologies it's really helpful because you can do lot of stuff which we could have done 20 years back in say four days you can do that in one day or yeah. maybe lesser than that because yeah. there are a lot of tools which are ready available yeah but but that's just a good thing to see around and know what is happening and then pick up one and then stick with stick with it but try to solve the business problem is something what i will say nice so thanks so much this is awesome i think uh, we got quite a bit uh, out of you thanks for taking your time out while your bot is trading somewhere <laughs> <laughs> making you money i don't think so it's a saturday Make, morning making uh, you money i do have international markets <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so ranjit i know you are a, of course a big fan of social media so where can people find you on twitter and uh, talk to you for stock tips <laughs> or, uh, or otherwise I, so i am on twitter on i mayavi so you can search me using i mayavi awesome and then I reach out where reach out talk yeah. about talk stocks <laughs> but then uh, i at one point of time i had a bio which which said that i can talk on any subject on uh, under the sun ah, okay all right <laughs> so be prepared for that as well cool. great thanks uh, so much thanks so and, much uh, and please course. everybody remember to sign up for the slack channel uh, that you go to ivmpodcast.com/junior1 You should find a button over there which says subscribe to Slack. Press that button and then send us your email address and we'll send you back a reply. Please also uh do reviews on iTunes and uh that I think is uh it's very helpful for us. All right. And awesome uh, since you mentioned the Slack channel, I wanted to give everyone an update that we now have over 100 members. Oh wow. So thank you so much. Thank you, you know, so much for participating in the conversation, guys. And please guys. introduce yourself on the Slack channel if you haven't so far. I think that is yeah. kind of a uh, good way for people to know who's on there. Yep, we look forward to talking to you there. All right.